This is the MFG Cast. Hey guys, Kurt here. And this is D. Wyatt. And another amazing, stupendous, wonderful, rockin' with our games out kind of episode. <laughs> Sorry guys, I'm tired. That's terrible. Uh, I know, that could have went south. Yeah, I was going to say, for a second, I thought you were going to go like that secret cabal route where you're like, a fantastic bombastic amazing episode of (laughs) and you just kind of petered out and (laughs) yeah yeah exactly my brain just kind of went eh whatever so we we are recording on thanksgiving eve where we are both shot just knowing what we have to deal with tomorrow (laughs) exactly exactly how was your thanksgiving oh mine was very exhausting how was yours sam so yeah up until midnight recording a podcast, up at five to start making dinner. <laughs> <laughs> Always fun. So in this episode, we're going to be talking about, boy, you know, again, I had it. I lost it. Would you like to make the hot tag? I'm a, yeah, I'm going to leave it to you. You're, I do all the work. You do some work. <laughs> so we're going to be talking a little bit about like innovation in games not just like so much like, you know, gameplay style, but people that are actually doing it like straight up different than the other companies, like the definition of innovation, not like instead of a deck builder, it's chits in a bag. Ooh, or like, you know, things like that. Like we're going to, we're going to look at a couple of games that are very different and also uh, just kind of like have a little discussion about it because it seems like sometimes innovation is met with a lot of heat and resistance in our hobby. Mm-hmm. And uh, kind of curious about some of that. Yeah, definitely. But let's start with a little bit lighter. Kurt, have you been playing anything good recently? All right. So I've been I played a couple of games recently. One game that uh, I actually haven't pl- we haven't we haven't actually played for a while that uh, me and Tracy decided to play on iOS of all things is we played some Waterdeep. Lords of Waterdeep, that is. <laughs> yeah, and. Uh, this is this is how long long ago we played it. So we've been trying to shoot. We've been in the process of shooting these videos, uh, scripted videos. And you've you know I already talked about the first one that we put up. So if you've you haven't seen that yet, go check it out. So we were gonna sh- about to shoot the second video, and my iPad crapped out. That was one of the things we were using for oh. the script. So yeah, so it was like one of those things where like the th- you know it. It's a second generation iPad. We've had it for like a super duper long time. So we used it and forgot to plug it in. It died and it never woke up. So. Oh my God. It had congenitive heart failure. (laughs) Yes, it did. It finally was like, I can't take it no more. 
you don't appreciate me enough and goodbye. So, so <laughs> the old trip to the old Best Buy oh. to, uh, yeah, put some money down on a new iPad and, um, oh, what a difference <laughs> a few years can make. <laughs> Well, I was going to say, like, tablets age like flies. <laughs> you know, oh, like, for sure. Not even exactly. like dogs. They age like flies. Like, yeah, they're yeah. born and die in a season. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The fact that this this iPad actually lasted this long is shocking to me. So it updated the app, which, you know, hadn't been done in super-duper long time because our iPad could only upgrade to, like, a nine or something like that maybe even less than that i forget what it is anyway but um i'm like oh they don't have the like the whole board anymore and like you're putting on the stuff it's like it's floating in the air oh and they've got boats that are floating in the water that's (laughs) that's kind of neat but still kind of freaked me out because i was like i'm so i'm so like old man used to all the places on the board i'm like where am i you know I was like, where are the buildings? Why are they on the sides like that, just floating in the air? Please tell me at one point, you're like, why is this thing moving so fast? Because you're just not used to the... <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Usually I get my so dot like matrix it? printouts so I can figure <laughs> out exactly where I've moved. But uh, yeah, it was, kinda, it was nice because it was just so streamlined now. I'm like, wow, this is amazing. So... We played it, you know, fairly quick, and yeah, just love that game, especially on the iOS or well, especially any doesn't matter iOS board game, whatever. It's just just tons of fun. It it is a great game, and the only thing that's so funny is because I've been playing it on the tablet so much lately that we got to break it out like a few weeks ago, and I'm like, oh man, nothing moves on the board. <laughs> 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 you should just make some like origami boats that kind of make them float down there. Yeah, I mean it's like the most jerk hole complaints where I'm like, oh, it's not an animated screen. But I was just like, I'm like, it's all right. I'm like, I guess I'm just gonna put my guys over here now. <laughs> well, like, hey, you could just you can buy one of those thousand uh, dollar game tables that are that's electronic or whatever, and you could program it in there so you could play both. There you go. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so that was fun. And then something I, we had actually played before that I had totally forgot to mention, which is just dumb on my part is we were able to play, uh, Owen Wocash's potions class. Um, if you don't recognize the name, this is Mike Wocash from fairway three games. This is his son, his, uh, button shy game that we had pre-ordered from button shy and we were able to play it. Um, potions class is basically what you're doing is you're trying to make potions and you're using certain elements like fire, water, um, fire, water, wow, why else and did I blank? Earth and something else. Air. No, it's Hearts. fire, water, <laughs> earth. Maybe that's it. Yep, it's just fire, water, and earth. And what you do is you have these three face-up potions and they'll have uh, three elements on them. And then during your turn, what you do is, it's a two-player game, and what you do is when it's your turn, you you take one element and you put it on a potion. You take one element, you put it on one in your 
um, play area, basically your like hold area, and then you take one and you play it into the other person's play area. Okay, and what you can also another it's kind of like a, a set collection game where you just kind of impress your luck where you you know kind of put it wherever and stuff like that. But what you can also do to kind of screw things up is say a potion only has. Uh, like there's the potion of the sea and it has three water on it. So you have to put three water there for it to collect because if you collect three potions, you win. Okay. Say you put a fire on top of that potion. Well, that's not part of the potion because it's a potion It's a potion that has these chemicals that have to work you know, correctly together. You can make the potion explode. So nobody gets that potion. So then what you do is you take that exploded potion and these potions are double-sided. So you flip it to the other side and it has a different one. You put it underneath the deck and then you take another one out and you would start another one. You can put the elements in your play area or their player area. If you have four, then that would explode your area because there's too many elements. And then you can get rid of your cards or their cards. Usually you'd go for theirs just to, you know, kind of screw them up from getting potions and stuff like that. Just a light little, fun little uh, press your luck game, and you know, just trying to figure out, you know, you know how you can get the potions to try to keep them away from the other player and stuff like that. It was just, just a fun little uh, pick up and play game, and you know, for a for a young man such as Owen to come up with something like that, I'm sure with a little help from Mike, uh, it was just a, really a lot of fun to play. Yeah, and uh, if I remember right from your. Uh, Facebook feed, Logan was really into that one, right? Oh, totally. Yep. Yeah, it's funny because at first he was like, I don't know, Dad, you know, but I'm like, dude, just try it, you know. And then we played quite a few games, and then we played it again recently, and we probably played that thing like eight times. <laughs> it's just like, okay, Dad, we got to play it again. It's like, okay, well, we got to play it again. And then I beat him, okay, well, we got to do this again. I'm going to beat you. Know? So, yeah, it's, an, it's a nice little fun game that I think anybody can play. Yeah, and you know what's cool though? It's like, cause you know, you mentioned it was made by uh, his son, and it's maybe that's why it resonates so well, like with Logan. It's like it's actually a game designed by someone like closer to his age, mm-hmm. as opposed to like, you know, some like guy in his like thirties or forties that's like, you know, like truly eight year olds enjoy this thing, and like, you know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm curious about like if that's something we might see a little bit more of now, you know. Um, um, like, did you ever end up picking up Megaland? Yes, we have that. Yep. Did Logan like that one too? Because I think uh, that... I don't think I've played... I don't think we've played that with him yet. We tried to get him to play that, but I think he was just kind of like, I don't know, Dad. So it might be... have You know, it's kind of in that same vein, you know, that kind of like that press your luck thing. You know, so we'll, we'll have to play it with him just to see what he thinks. Because I know, like, Ryan made it with someone in his family, too. Like, it wasn't just Ryan Lockett that made that one. Mm-hmm. That's pretty cool. I'm glad to hear that, you know, like, that that Logan gets hooked on a game so deeply is pretty nice. Because I know usually he'll just play the things to play them with you guys. It's cool to see him, like, have his hook now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, there's some games that you can, that we can really get him into them. But, yeah, it seems like nowadays he's just, like... He's like, Mom, Dad, I don't want to play any of your games. <laughs> you know, it's, it's like it, we're like the old, we're like the stickler parents. Like, you sit at this table, you play this game right now. Oh, you don't want to play Alta Plano? Yeah, you don't want to play Alta Plano? Maybe you don't want to have dinner tonight either. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Maybe you want to sleep on the cold floor tonight, huh? <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> I've never done that. I've never done that. <laughs> oh. 
Don't want to play fresco? Go back to sweeping the chimney, my lad. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. That's right. Clean the gutters. All right, Dan, what about you? Okay, so we got a couple of quick plays in. Um, Played a little more Meeple Circus. I got to play with our buddies George and Ed, and it was a blast because Meeple Circus is always silly fun. Had the exact same reaction it always does with people where they're like, I don't know, you know, it's like, whatever, I'll try it. And then they do the first act, and they're like, okay, no, I, th- I think I could stack it better this next time. I'm going to get more points. And then they do act two, and they're like, oh, okay, you know, I think I got this. I think I got this. And then act three comes up where you got to do the solo performance. And, uh, you know, and then it's great because you have to take those silly cards where it's like um, one of them is like the descriptor or something like that, where it's like you have to give a little backstory for each of your acrobats as you're putting them into your car, like circus act. <laughs> Um, nice. Another is whenever you take the acrobats, you have to have them do a lap around the circus first before you can put them on. Alley oop is great where you got to go hoopa like every time you make the acrobats go on each other's shoulders and things. <laughs> My favorite was I had um, the one with the break where when the first symbols crash in the the music, you have to pretend you're on break and pretend to eat a sandwich. <laughs> And um, so it was me, Kim, and Ramsey's playing on another night. We played it actually a couple times recently, which was fun again. But it was like, uh, you know, it's like I, I put my stuff up in like 20 seconds. Like I had my whole act together. So like, you know, when I'm on break, you know, I'm like, I'm on break for an extended break. I'm like, I'm like, you tell the boss, you tell them I'm taking too long. I want to see what you do about it. Because like, <laughs> I was already done. I had like 90 seconds to kill. Um, nice. But Maple Circus is... I would say it's it's probably the, the dopiest, greatest fun you can have in a long time. Nice. Um, I know an expansion's coming out like in January, which is kind of nice because the game is fun. But as soon as you play it a few times, you're like, I want more weird meeples. I want more animals. I want to make even sillier things. Yeah. I want this thing to have enough expansions where you can have a pile of crap in front of you <laughs> and you're trying to like stack it like a foot high inside your little tent. <laughs> Other games we got to play, uh, not going to go into it too much, but played Alchemist again. So, you know, Kim is happy because man, she adores that game. Mm. Getting more and more friends into it, which is really cool because it's a game that's great to see how others go about deducing or, uh, we had one game where somebody's like, yeah, I'm not going to try to figure out any of this stuff. I just want points and just followed everyone else's lead on things and like was inv- like making a lot of money and investing it. And he did really damn good. It was kind of cool to see somebody going, yeah, I'm not going to mess with this alchemy stuff. I'll let, I'll let you eggheads figure that out. I'm just going to get nice. rich. And it worked. <laughs> um, the other two that we played is Naval War. It is a game from 1979. So when other shows are like, oh, yeah, you know, we played this older game. Oh, you know, this thing was made in uh, 2014. And this game was made in 1979. Like, um, good God, Kim wasn't even made in 1979. So anyway, <laughs> <laughs> um, it's an old Avalon Hill game where it's like, it's basically just like a simple, like, draw the top card, play a top card of this deck game. Mm-hmm. And it's like some car, like, so the whole thing is like, you have these different ships that have different millimeter cannons. And you need the salvos of matching ammo to be able to fire your cannons at your opponents. Some cards are just like super destroyers where it's like, here's a boat. And if you get to keep it until your next turn, roll a D6. Just sink that many ships. Don't care how many hit points they have. Things like that. It's it's like very simple game. But for something so simple, it was shockingly fun 
because we're just like talking crap to each other and it's like oh man take out her boat she has too many boats oh she has like too many different cannons we gotta shoot her down and and then like you know two of her boats go and then you realize you kind of have a big fleet so now everyone's eyeballing you it is silly fun super fun and it's like three to nine players which for a game from before 80 is pretty dope and then the other game we got to play it's so it's I heard of it called Ezraj. It's also called like Teacher's Pen and Beat the Buzzard and all these other names. So do you know what a rage deck is? A rage deck? Yeah. No, never heard of it. All right. It's something you should try to get one or two of off of Amazon. It's kind of like a game that's similar to Uno, but there's six different uh, color suits of cards and they go from zero to 15. And what's nice, and then there's like the rage cards or whatever. But what's nice about rage decks is there's a lot of cool card games that you can like kind of just do on your own by using those rage cards and Raj slash beat the buzzard is one of them. So the way it works is there's 15 point cards and they go from negative five to positive 10 and you have a hand of cards one through 15, right? If a card is negative, the lowest card wins it. If the card is positive, the highest card played wins it. And the way it works is like you flip over the top card of the deck. So say it's like a six, right? Everyone takes a card from their hand, puts a face down in front of them, and then flips it over. Whoever has the highest card wins the six points. The trick of the game, though, is if two people play the same number in the same hand, they cancel each other out. So me, you, and Tracy are playing this game. The eight comes out. I put down my 14, you put down your 14, Tracy puts out her three because she thinks she's not going to get it. We just canceled each other out and Tracy got that amazing point guard for almost nothing, right? There's a little bit of card counting because it's like, okay, Kurt played his 15 already. I saw Tracy play her 13. The nine is out right now. I don't know. Maybe I should go for the 15 points. Will Tracy play her 15? I don't know. Like, It's kind of like a, a fun like little, you know, it's like, I guess like silent auction bid style is maybe how you would describe it. But if you go to try to buy this game, right? So the game is, it goes up to five players. There's about 85 cards in this deck, right? Uh, how much do you think a game like that would go for? A game that has 85 cards? Yeah. Oh gosh, I don't know. 20 bucks. That's what I would like it to be. The cheapest I've seen this game for is used $50. What? Because it's been out of print for like a billion years. I know, um, but still. But you can get a Rage Jack for like 6 bucks, and then just take 15 index cards or 15 pieces of paper and just sleeve up some magic cards and put those like numbers in, you know, in your sleeves. That's what we ended up doing. When I described to everyone, they're like, no, I don't know. And then we played a hand, like we did one round. And they're like, oh, that was kind of good. Let's play one more round. And then we played another round, and then another round, and then another round. Nice. So if you do pick up a Rage deck or two, there's a lot of little games on BGG that you can find to play with said Rage deck. You know? So uh, might be a worthwhile investment for the people out there. Now, I'm going to make one of those really smooth transitions right now, Kurt. Are you ready for this? <laughs> oh, I can't wait. Okay. Now, people are making their own games on BGG, you know, where you can substitute your own cards. You know, that's, that's pretty innovative of people, right? It's a little something different. Wouldn't you agree? Oh, my gosh. Would I? <laughs> They're not the only ones out there doing something a little different, Kurt. You know, I, I noticed that it's very odd that 
a lot of times in like you know the board game thing it's like it's always like oh you know like what's new what's gonna be like the next step like we want something different you know and you know we mentioned this before where it's like people say they want something different and then somebody puts a game with miniatures on kickstarter and it gets four million dollars so it's like eh, you don't really want that different you just you just want more minis but some games do things a little different you know like like you remember a couple of years ago when alchemist and a few other games were like oh you know you use this app by playing and the whole I don't want apps with my board games, man. <laughs> Get those robots away from my cardboard. The board game hobby is still standing, right? Like, not every game used an app. It didn't implode. It didn't pop the bubble. It was really no big deal. No. And they, I would even, I'm going to interrupt too. Like, they even had, like, even before that, they had, like, like CDs, that they would use for like like what was that one Zombie Fifty One or something like that Fifty One Inch or whatever like they use like a CD and people are like what no I don't want that kind of stuff in my board game and I'm like come on right and it's like and it's funny though because you look at some of the older board games right and uh, this what made me think of this uh, like this like little discussion idea is that game Forbidden Sky right. The whole thing is like you're you put out this rocket ship and you're like making all these like pylons and generators and everything and like conductors and you're actually putting down wire bits that have metal on their back and they're like kind of magnetized. And when you make a complete circuit, the ship lights up and makes sounds to let you know that like you can escape, right? And even though it's not the same, like it made me think of the old game Dark Tower right and everyone lost their mind for dark tower because like oh man the dark tower like it spins and it makes these sounds and these things light up and you never know what's going to happen next and then like a board game does that nowadays with an app and everyone's like i don't want to see that you know and it's so weird because everyone loses their mind for dark tower which that was the apps of that time you know and the and the other two games like, you know, Discover Lands Unknown and Keyforge, like where you don't know what you're going to get and some people have been freaking out. I don't know. It's kind of like I'm still baffled by this. You know, I want to know, like, why – I understand if somebody's like, I don't know if I'm going to pick this up yet. I'm going to – like, you know, I want to see where it's at in three months. I, I totally get that. But when people are just obliterating these new ideas before they're even on the market, I'm like – that seems kind of really bad for the hobby, mm-hmm. you know? And I mean, like, you know, like take for example, like, like Keyforge, like it just went like public, I think like today or something like I, you know, and I saw some wild prices on cool stuff. Like they're selling, like they were opening decks basically just so you can see what the checklist is. And they were selling some of these decks anywhere from like 12 to like $50, which I, I, I can't imagine, like, going, like, yeah, man, I'm going to become a Pro Tour Keyforge player. <laughs> and what's the, what's the retail on them? About $10 for a sealed deck. Okay. So, um, I mean, it might be kind of cool if you're like, yeah, you know, I really want to get a, a deck with shadow cards. I like shadow cards. Yeah, then, you know, I would I would rather spend 12 for a deck that I know has a faction that I like as opposed to spending 20 on two decks and, like, I never get, like, shadow guys or the demon guys. I'm like, oh, man you know but like i mean um 
don't know. It's, it's just like I'm kind of thrown for a loop on this, you know, because I like the idea of board games going to try for more and trying new ideas. And it, I mean, if it's not my thing, you know, I, I just don't buy it. I don't see the need to like go buck wild tearing into these new concepts. And I also don't understand what the game is. Like, why would you want to like chase people off from trying new ideas in this hobby? You know, like, is all we want just like an endless sea of the same game over and over with upgraded bits or something? Like, like I mean, where do you stand on this? Like, are are you always looking forward to like these new ideas? Like, think about like even um, we were talking about it not too long ago, uh, Mystic Veil. Vale. Like, the idea that the overlay cards and, like, you know, using these transparency cards in new ways. I think stuff like that is awesome. Yeah, it just, it makes me think of, like, yeah, the same thing. It's just, like, there's always, you know, somebody that's, like, oh, I just don't care about this kind of stuff, you know? Like, like even when Mystic Veil kind of came out, like, I, you know, I wasn't negative about it. I was just kind of, like, when I first saw it, I was kind of, like, how does that work? <laughs> you know, I'm, like... You know these these cards look kind of weird, and you have to sleeve them up yourself, and you kind of have to make you know make your own kind of cards. You know, I'm like, how does that even work? You know, I, but you know, I try not to I, I try not to stay negative about anything like that. You know, um, just kind of studying up for this because you know some of the things you wanted to talk about was like KeyForge and Lands on uh, Discover Lands Unknown. You know, so I decided to watch some videos and stuff like that, and. Uh, just to kind of, cause I haven't played any of these yet. So, you know, I was like, okay, well, let's take a look. And there's not that many videos on either of them right now. There's, you know, a few people that have played, but just not a lot, you know, I decided to watch the dice tower and, um, Tom Vassell was talking about discover lands unknown and his experience with it. He just didn't care for it. And you know, that if that's his thing, that's fine, you know, there's games that we've played too where we just don't really care for them or whatever, but like, and then I decided just to see what other people thought about it, so I decided to check out the comment section, which is something, when it comes to videos that are, that have so many people commenting on it, sometimes listening to the comments, not a good idea, or or looking at the comments, but yeah, people were just like, you know, like, Oh, you know, I'm glad you, you know, told, I'm glad you told what was real on it. Cause he's like, I, the people would be like, I think, I, uh, like a lot of people were just using the word hate. Like I hate this and I hate that. And like, you know, I can't even believe that this is a thing. And it's like, I think people just want, because it's online people, you know, they know you can't see them or, you know, really you know, you could probably look at their profile, but it's kind of hard to, you know, like when someone's not face to face with something, yeah, they, you know, people will just say sometimes the rudest thing, you know, and it's like, okay, you know what? You can say what you think about this. You may not like, but just saying that you hate something like most of these people not even playing it. Like, I'm sorry. Like, I don't give that any relevance. Because it's just like it's just it's just like like we want to introduce a new food to Logan, okay? So we're like, you know what? Here's here's a quiche. You know, you've never had quiche. Let's try. It. Oh, I would hate that. Have you tried it? 
Well, no. Well, then how do you know if you like it or not? You know, it's like you can't just go and say, like, oh, I would just, like... Like, even, like, something that has the same, like, thing, like, oh, I hate dice games, or oh, I hate this and I hate that. It's like, don't knock something right away before you actually try it. You can always say, like, that's just not my style or whatever, but don't say you hate something before you've actually even gone ahead and tried it. Yeah, and it's like, so let's just say, you know, like, say, for example, like, hidden identity games. If that's not your bag, right, and somebody's like, hey, man, you want to play Avalon? And you're like, nope, that's fine. Like, you know, whatever, if you don't want to subjugate yourself to it. But to go out of your way to go online to rate something a one and to, like, leave scathing reviews, that's that's the thing that baffles me, that people are putting in effort for futility. You know, it's like on Discovery Lands Unknown, one of the things that antagonized me so much was somebody, like I saw on BGG, somebody rates it a one and they're like, Stupid idea. I don't know what I'm getting in the box. Just more money grabbing by Fancy Flight. Make you buy six copies to get the people you want. And I'm like, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard of in my life. It's like, I can't imagine somebody... First of all, I can't imagine someone dropping like $360 buying six copies of a board game going like, oh man, I really want to get that one guy. It's like, first of all, you would just... Just like, if you don't like what's in your box. Like, Fancy Flight themselves said straight out... If you don't, you know, when you're done with your Discovery Lands Unknown, if you don't think you're going to get more play with it with your group, trade it to somebody else. And this way, you because the game play doesn't change. It's like, but now you'll get new people and new tools and new adventures and new monsters. It's like, just trade with another player online. They're telling two people to not buy another copy and swap with each other, effectively killing two more potential sales. That's the exact opposite of a cash grab. <laughs> you know <laughs> they're telling you not to buy more of their stuff who does that and it's like the people are like oh it's still cash grabs oh it's it's you know it's blind buying this is dumb this is dumb it's like all right yeah but you know what based on your logic magic is dumb and can you think of anything that has sold as well or as powerfully in the last 20 years mm-hmm. you know it's like yeah i don't play magic i don't think it's a dumb game i'm just like it's not for me man like you know if I play competitive games, I want to be competitive, and I know I can't in Magic. It's not that, oh, Magic's stupid, Mythic Rares, don't like this game, you know. But, like, even, like, like sometimes, like, smaller innovations are coming along. And uh, I just wanted to quick pop out a couple of them, too. Like, um, so recently we both got a chance to play the Between Two Castles making Ludwig. Game trays being in the box. Best innovation ever! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No kidding. I don't know about you, but the fact that when playing in between two castles, I put it on the table, we pop the plastic off, and we're like, okay, here's these tiles, and here's how we play. That was it. That was super amazing. I was so happy with that. You know, Megaland also has a game chase insert. A few other companies. I know the new Reavers of Midgard, their Kickstarter stretch goal hit that, the game chase insert. And here's like a little uh, game. You may not have even heard of this one. Like, I didn't know about it until uh, our buddy George Z showed it to us. It's called uh, Helipagos. It's uh, made by Lawrence and Felipe Gamelin, which if that's their legit legal last name, they were destined to make board games, right? <laughs> um, and the publisher is Gigamic. But, like, the whole thing is, like, you're stranded on this island, right? It's a co-op game. 
and you're starting on an island and you're trying like to get collect wood to make the bone and you got to get food and water to make sure you survive your days and all this other stuff right and um and you can actually salvage to find stuff and what's cool is you put the deck when you salvage that deck goes in a little cardboard foldout that is the wrecked boat because you're going along the shore to like find it and stuff um but what's kind of cool is like the game comes with these like six wooden balls or like these five wooden balls and one is black and then there's fish on them and we're like what the hell and then there's like this cloth bag so the whole thing is like when you go fishing you pull out a ball and however many fish are on it is how many you get and when you're collecting wood you can get as much wood as you want but for every extra piece of wood you pull like one more ball out of the bag and if you get the black ball you were bit by a snake so it's like instead of like a die result for these things which would have been just as easy they made this cool like little like multi-use wooden sphere like and like even the bag looks like it was something that was like, washed up on a beach <laughs> you know it's like this like little thing of like oh that's kind of cool it's like it's a different way of giving you your random results you know it's not too shabby you know like little things like that i like seeing these things and i, I want to see a designer take a new approach at something or a new spin on ideas you know it's like because like one the one last thing i wanted to compare for you and i wanted your opinion on this um have you heard of nyctophobia well yes i have because when when i interviewed carla cop from weird giraffe games she talked about it all right so so you know the whole idea right like uh the designer katherine stibble her, you know, her uncle was like uh, blind, and she wants to make a game, board game that. Hey, hey, guess together. what? Her her uncle is still blind. You said was. Well, you know, he he was blind, but he got better. <laughs> <laughs> I got better. Um, so, but like, the idea of like, you know, you play without vision, and like, basically, like the murderer is supposed to mess with players, like, you know, like when you can like grab their hand suddenly to let them know it's their turn, and like all these things like that. I am. And, and I know it's like impossible to know this, but I'm dying to know that if it wasn't made by Catherine for a family member that's vision impaired, if somebody just made this game out of the blue, if people are like, a game that I don't get to see when I play, that's dumb. But because it was made for vision impaired, it's like, oh, that's really thoughtful and I'm going to go buy a copy. I'm dying to know like on the flip, like if that backstory wasn't present before the game's release would people have had a more adverse reaction to this? Yeah, I bet you. And I still, I still guarantee you there's still shit out there that probably have debunked it, you know, or whatever. I, debunked is the right, wrong word, but crapped on it, you know, which is unfortunate because there's a bunch of, you know, there's good people in the world. There's not so good people in the world. Yeah. And, and it's like, cause like for me, like, um, and this is the best part because Kim is downstairs and she has no idea what we're saying during the recording. I ordered a copy of this for Kim for Christmas because I'm like, this sounds awesome and horrific. Like, you Okay, know, just... so, so I have a question for you then. So, like, you know, when Jason is going to, you know, kill his prey, you know, is is he the one or is someone else doing that? <laughs> <laughs> Who does that part? Does, uh, he, does he hire, like, his, his – does he, like, like, talk to, like, a buddy of his, like – Joey, I need you in here. Like, I need to kill these guys. Yeah, I know it's wrong, but, you know, I want you just, can you just do a few sounds for me just to really freak everybody out? I think it's just Posse that does it, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, need, we need that backstory on Jason's Posse. 
I'm 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 like ninety five percent sure it's his posse. It's like, <laughs> the the murderers is what they call themselves. That's um, right. But yeah, it's like I'm like you know what? Like this sounds awesome. Like this even if we only broke it out around Halloween, this thing sounds great. Like the fact that you're blinded out and all these other things. I'm like man, I would love to do it where uh you know like put like you know like a noise canceling headphones on somebody when playing this and just go like you're all. Only let them take it off when it's their turn. You know, that would be crazy. <laughs> but see, for me, it's like, and I mean, don't get me wrong. The reason why this created, you know, is important and stands out. But like just the concept, the core of the game, like I'm not picking it up simply because it's like, oh, you know, what she did was really, you know, interesting. I'm picking it up because I'm like, this also sounds like an amazing game design. Like it sounds like it wasn't just like I'm looking at, you know, it's like for the vision of pair. Like I want to make a great game for the vision of pair. Mm-hmm. And that's why I can't wait to try this thing out. First of all, I think it's going to be hilarious playing Nyctophobia at Christmas. That's how you can make it like you know, Christmas themed. I'm yeah. sure like there was a Leprechaun Christmas movie, I'm sure, that you could probably do that. But, but yeah, like I said, I mean, I'm just like, I'm really curious about, you know, where other people stand on these innovation things. Like, I mean, like, I know that you want like different stuff and everything else, but I'm really curious about the other people out there. Like, you know, are you looking for new things? Like, do you, are you willing to like invest and see what else can happen? Or are people just kind of like happy with where we are right now? Like, are they just like, I eh, just, you know, I need new boards for brass and, you know, a couple of like a new expansion for this game. And that's, that's all I really want right now. Yeah. Well, in, in before we kind of close it out too, it, it makes me even think about, you know, innovation within a within a game itself. Like, say you get, you know, that expansion that kind of turns it on its head, and you're like, you know, if, if the people the people that have played a game like that, where it's like it totally has affected its game in a way that you never thought it would go. You know, was it something that was a positive experience or was it a negative experience? Yeah, definitely, man. So. As always, we're going to ask people, reach out to us and let us know what you think about this. <laughs> Especially if you have played like Discoveries or Keyforge or something. I'm curious about if, if these new ideas are like, you know, like rocking your socks or if you're like, meh, but at least having given them the chance. Yes, exactly. And another thing, like how much money do you think Richard Garfield has by now? I mean, seriously, how much money do you need, Richard Garfield? Quit making so many damn great things. I think he wipes his butt with diamonds. <laughs> he does. He does. <laughs> it, before it was before it was with thousand dollar bills. Yes, those exist now because of him. But now it's now it's literal diamonds he wipes his butt with because that's his game. I like to think of Richard Garfield as a. From from one of my favorite scenes in The Simpsons, when Krusty's like, "My house is dirty, buy me a new one." <laughs> he just throws the money at the guy. <laughs> That's awesome. All right, yeah. So let us know what you think because we're interested to know because this is a, this is kind of a hot topic right now when it comes to that kind of stuff. So let us know. So until next time, I'm Kurt, and this is D Wyatt, and this was the MFG Cast. Thanks for listening, guys. Legends of Tabletop Podcast, creating legends one die at a time.